1: All right, folks, welcome on board for another week out of the bye week. Actually, of the pregame, postgame podcast, Jim Zoki, Mike Pachico, with you. We took last week off. We'll tell you why in just a minute. Well, the bye week was the reason, so yeah. we didn't have a, a game. That to was wrap our bye week too, or preview. And uh, Mike was traveling to Chicago, so we're going to talk about a couple things. We're going to talk about uh, Mike's big adventure to Chicago. He went to Boston recently too. Yep, went to Boston the week before that. Um, also the fact that uh, we've got a game coming up this week against the New York Giants. So it'll be a little mix of our baseball teams, the Red Sox and the Indians, and also uh, football with the Panthers back to business. Shall we start baseball or football? I'll leave it up to you. We'll let's, uh,
2: the, let's start with baseball. Let's get that out of the way. Right. Obviously, the first two games have been, uh, well, three games, but very exciting uh, so far. I mean, this is exactly what baseball wanted. You know, the Cubs, uh, their first game, uh, obviously a squeaker. Um, which was really interesting that the four teams, the four division uh, ties, and of course all in the in the wild card, no matter what. So I mean, you were you were playing just for the division title. So obviously with uh, Milwaukee winning, and what, what was interesting from a Knights perspective, uh, Xavier Cedeno, who was with the Knights this year briefly, he's on the Brewers, and Tyler Saladino, who was here a couple of years ago. Uh, I don't know. There's like three or four guys that. Uh, from the White Sox that are playing with Milwaukee. So that's kind of the local flavor, uh, interesting here. And then the game last night going into extra innings with the Rockies for the wild card. So now the Cubs, they go.
1: And so as we talked to you, it's Wednesday afternoon. We just got done with all the Panthers press conferences with Coach uh, Rivera, Cam Newton, player interviews in the locker room. So we don't know about the Yankees. Red Sox, if that's going to happen, or if it'll be the Oakland A's. Uh, So we we can't forecast what that Yankees-Red Sox series may be, because the Yankees may be done by the time you're hearing this, and that could happen. But my Indians are playing the Houston Astros. It's just so tough in the American League. Three teams with 100 wins. Oh, man, the Indians are the the worst record in the American League, and they have 91 wins.
2: I mean, it's just tough. But they have a good manager. Like, I think Tito Francona is – I think he's a – you know, I can't say he's worth – it's hard to put a baseball manager's worth. I mean, is he worth two runs, three runs? You know, is he worth a game, uh, or runs? You know, it, but uh, he has the ability. I mean, he won two World Series with the Red Sox uh, in that cauldron and, and that excitement. And, uh, and the Indians extra innings of Game Seven against the Cubs, right. A couple of years ago, and he's a guy I think that um, you know he reminds me a little bit of Joe Torre in the sense that uh, you know maybe he isn't the be- the greatest X and O guy. But he's a very good psychologist, like a coach psychologist. His gut, his gut. He's his got
1: a good gut. Got a good gut. He chews a lot of bubble gum. Have you ever seen the things <laughs> yeah. about him? He goes through like a hundred pieces of bubble gum. Well, he's
2: gum. got that uh, the blood disorder, so he has like the the thin thin blood. Yeah.
1: So he got a lot of sugar pumping through that that body there. But he, uh, you know, a this lot of hemoglobin. Of, yeah, a lot of hemoglobin, <laughs> a lot of riboflavin. You know, <laughs> this time of year, though, all you need is three starters, a dependable yeah. closer, which they don't really have this year, unfortunately. And, uh, and some timely hitting. And uh, if you get those three things going at the same time, anybody can win in the postseason. Well,
2: and if you're a Red Sox fan, you have to be concerned with the postseason lack of success with Chris Sale and particularly David Price. I mean, I think David Price, if the Red Sox are in the World Series, I think it's going to be because not just Chris Sale, but I think David Price has to step up and, and have a big series. And then you look at the Yankees. I mean, if the yankees are hitting home runs i mean they they're, they're going to be tough to, they're going to be yeah. tough to beat and they have pretty decent you know they, there's, there's some good stuff there in the starting pitching so i think this is going to be an exce- i think so far what we've seen uh, and again we're taping this on wednesday afternoon so i think so far we've seen a, a good playoffs and that leads me to believe that i think we're going to see a lot more good good games coming up my national league team is the braves because uh, my son
1: andy's a braves fan so we go down every year see two games every year so it's kind of my baseball home away from home. I bought him one of those commemorative bricks that they put on oh, yeah, the sidewalk yeah, yeah. out to the, yeah. at the new stadium which if you haven't been SunTrust Field, yeah, we need to we have I there. was kind of skeptical about leaving because I thought it was a fine baseball yeah. field, but it's it's about what's all around it, all right. the restaurants and fun stuff that's around the ballpark. It's a great area. Kind of gives you a, a vision of like what could be possible not saying like now, but in the future with the Panthers, about, again, just doing the stuff where you've got the entertainment all around you, where it's not just a standalone stadium, but all the other amenities that come with just having a place to walk and shop and eat and drink and all that good stuff, hang out, watch games and things like that.
2: Well, that's the interesting thing, Jim, because it's quite the opposite of the experience I had last week. I went up to Chicago uh, to to visit the White Sox, and they are about three and a half miles south of downtown, like the, the, the heart of the loop. And uh right off the interstate. And there's really it's kind of industrial. It's it's uh you know, kind of residential urban, so it's it's kinda out in its own little area. Uh and they have big huge parking lots. There's a I think a Chicago Fashion Institute is on the other side of the highway. But you don't have what you have there. Uh you know, you have these big lots. Now they do the White Sox built um I think it was after the last time I was there, which was like mid nineties. So right across the street from the ballpark, like behind Home Plate, they have like a facility that has uh, like a team store and a restaurant. And I think that's like a, an amenities type thing for, for some of the uh, suites. Uh, but I think people, like regular citizens, can go to that. Uh, the general, Gen Pop, Gen Pop can go to that before the game. <laughs> <laughs> but the um, unwashed. But um, yeah, but the other interesting thing about the White Sox game was uh, so our good friend Jason, Jason Benetti, Benetti yeah. does the TV games. He's taken over for Hawk Harrelson. So I got to hang out with him. It was his uh, directors. Uh, last uh, ho- well it was the last homestand for the White Sox, so it was his last homestand as director. He's retiring after the baseball season. Jim Angio is his name. Uh, Forty years in Chicago television, and he's done Bulls and Blackhawks. I mean, he's done them all. Uh, and they did a they did a nice reel of of his work. And you know, it's like Game Seven Bulls and Celtics, and you know, all those great Bulls teams with Michael Jordan. Uh, but the real cool thing was, and I, it's one of those things where you probably have to see it. I don't know that I could describe it as well as as it happened, but. They came up with this idea a couple of weeks before in a, in a meeting that uh, they would have the director Jim Angio, actually they would they would just run his calling of the games like his calling the camera shots, and it was just really interesting to see in the terminology, mm-hmm. uh, and it was just a, di- a different slice of uh, of high a baseball game. And at the end of the game, the White Sox, the White Sox had a, a game winning walk off by Daniel Palka, who who was with us the, the nights at the beginning of right, the year. Yeah. Uh, and so they put that out on uh, on social media and on the the team web- website of him calling the shots. If you will, like the the video shots, the the camera shots of that game winning play. So that was that was a lot Very of fun. Cool. So and, and you, Chicago's a great city. You I, got the network. Don't lie to us. You were networking. You're going to the major <laughs> leagues, aren't you? You're making the move <laughs> no, from AAA no, to triple No, no, no. Well, you? You well you I mean, I, I mean that's the. Uh, you know, that's the goal. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, we love it here. We would like to stay here in Charlotte, but you know, you never know. You'd like to well, see. you
1: still got to do the Panthers. I mean, it still be, but you could NFL and be major. League well, see the
2: thing about time. the great thing about baseball is, um, th- well, depending on what the job entails, but for the most part, uh, some of these guys really don't have an off season job. So, yeah, I mean, we could theoretically, if 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 a team were to call, we could, I think, theoretically, stay here, and I think it would be kind of fun to, you know, have John and. and my wife works from home so have them like live with me for the summer and maybe travel a little bit yeah, that'd be awesome so i mean that you know there's always the goal of getting to the big leagues but got to get there first <laughs>
1: got that cup of coffee with the uh, exhibition game when the White Sox played here. <laughs> Mike and I did the uh, the White Sox. That was more nights. like a shot of espresso. Yeah, that was like <laughs> the starters played, I think, two innings for the, yeah. uh, like Abreu and those guys played like two innings for the White Sox. But Panthers and Giants as we seamlessly yeah. move into football and the big signing, of course, Eric Reed comes in and he'll start at safety by all indications and, and jump right in. Uh, it's just what the doctor ordered for this team. They've been getting by with this patchwork offensive line and actually talked with Marshall Newhouse at practice today. Yeah. And he's excited about being here, and he's ready to play either position, left tackle, right tackle. He'll be a backup to start, but he can play guard. So he fits the mode of what they need as far as another offensive lineman. Uh, we get back health-wise Trey Turner this week, right. Curtis Samuel, Demir Bird. And but Eric Reed is going to be the headline, and people are going to be excited to see him play. And then some folks are be curious about what he may do or not do during the national anthem. And uh, we'll see. Um, at this point, he still has litigation against the league. Yeah, that's still going on. He still feels the same way he does about oppression and empowerment for his people, as he says. Uh, so I, I would expect there would be something. We'll see what form that takes. It may not involve the anthem, but what he started out with that I'm with Cap. Yep hashtag I'm with Cap uh, t-shirt at his press conference. He had the raised fist uh, when he did his contract signing and the photo up there. So obviously uh, he's still going to keep talking about the things he wants to talk about.
2: Well, the only thing I would add to that, Jim, is is I would, I would hope that people at least, even if they don't agree with the stance that he's taking, or at least maybe the venue of the stance he's taking, um, that shouldn't take away from the message he's delivering. I, I know a lot, because I think the, the crux of, it because for, for crux of it for some people comes in, well, it's disrespectful during the National Anthem. And then the, the flip side argument is, well, you know, a fundamental right of being American is to be able to express yourself. Um, so, I mean, I, no matter where you come on on, on the side of it, uh, the one thing I feel, just my personal opinion about this has been, um, is the distraction, I don't want to use the word distraction, because I, I respect people when they are uncomfortable with, with players doing that during the national anthem, I, I completely understand. But I think it's the to me the weight of what they're trying to get the message across. And when you talk about Eric Reed, it is kind of the social injustice. And, mm-hmm. and so I, I just I just hope people reflect a minute, uh, even though they may not like how he's delivering the message. I think there there is in value in what he's trying to say. And you can't deny that at least
1: some of what he's saying. And you may think all of what he is saying is, is true, uh, but it's not for us to say or judge. So, for those who fully agree with him, obviously you're on board. For those of you who disagree, I would just say you might want to listen or maybe spend some time uh, outside your comfort zone yeah. uh, and see what he's been talking just open, about. just
2: open up. You know, again, not to I don't want to. I think the one issue that that our society has delved into, Jim, is like there's all this like taking of sides. It's like whatever happened in just common respect and and you know like we you and i could have a, a political discussion we might not disagree i mean we may not agree on everything but i think our our relationship is such that at the end of that conversation we would walk away with okay i don't agree with what he said but you know what i understand this or and, and you can have a civil tone right and, and i think that's where we've we've gotten away is uh and, and this is all parties I, like i don't it's interesting to me that um you know, my fear is that we've become like these two armed camps. And if you're not in one of these armed camps and, you know, you you're, you don't have a voice or something like that. It's, I don't know.
1: it's so to either side extreme. Yeah. There's no middle right. ground.
2: And sports has kind of gotten held hostage by it a little bit.
1: And, you know, part of it is the president has gotten his politics into the sports yeah. and then the athletes react yeah. in some cases to it. So it draws they, – they kind of fire back at what's being shot by the president back at him when he was tweeting about yeah. it last year, which was uh, – Interesting enough, Odell Beckham Jr. was one of yeah. those with his little antics of dog peeing right. on the pylon right. <laughs> after the touchdown. We'll be here with the Giants game this week.
2: But to get back to Eric Reed for a minute, um, I think what's interesting about the signing, though, Jim, is that this is a guy that clearly fills a need, and he's a guy that has experience. And you know, what we took away from some of the press conference material today is, you know, he, uh, you know, on, the, you know, he's cerebral and thoughtful. You know, off the football field, whether you agree with him or not, you know, that, that's his mindset. But he is very cerebral on the field, too, and not only is he a good safety, but, you know, when you throw in the combination of Luke Kuechly, who's very cerebral, too, I mean, I think it uh, it certainly helps, you know, it can help the defense, and, you know, maybe having his presence there will um, not just from a physical standpoint, but will, will maybe help out and make, make some tweaks uh, as the season goes on.
1: The Giants coach, Pat Shermer, actually compared him to Luke Kuechly. Yeah. Said he's like a safety like like Luke sets the, the defense, at linebacker. And he's so versatile, he can play as a box defender against a run. He can play either free or strong safety yeah. at the back of your defense in a two-deep, so... You can line him up anywhere, and he's seen it all before. It's just a matter of learning terminology, which is that they've been working double time on getting him up to speed with all that stuff. But, you know, it's funny with these guys who've been in the league for a little bit. Football is football at the end of the day. It's just a matter of the terminology is a little bit different. The principles remain the same right. within the
2: league. And he's been here since uh, late last week, so I know he he'd had some personal time over the weekend. But, you know, again, it's it's the game is the game. You know, the, the, like you said, I mean, the terminology is one thing. But uh, I know – you know he comes into a a, a locker room that you know ha, is pretty good. You know they, they you know Marty Herney when we talked to him after every game. You know he's very complimentary about the personalities and, and I think they were the meaning they meaning management was comfortable that adding in an Eric Reed wasn't going to disrupt that and maybe even felt that because of the way the locker room is that um, it would be you know an easy assimilation. And then, the, yeah, you know, I think the message sends. You know, I, all the fans that uh, that have either reached out to me or that that have talked to me over the last couple of days, uh, really, and I, I'm being completely honest, I'd say 99.9 percent of it has been positive. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I think it's, uh, people, it's, it's it's exciting. The fan base, it's signaling a football move at a time where there's a football need, and you know, it it speaks to how, you know, what David Tepper said. It is opening press conference in july you know we're here to win and that was a we're here to win move yeah absolutely all right so it's the panthers and giants
1: it's the first of interestingly enough three consecutive nfc east games yeah so home for the giants and then it's going to be at washington at philadelphia coming up so a big game to get against the giants team is struggling right now one and three is going to get tough going on the road for those couple games so we'll have the pregame at 10 kickoff at one uh mike and uh, brett Yep. Back Brett's this week, I'm beat. assuming yep. I was asking yep. ask No, he did period. not
2: get hurt in the Roval, so... He did not. No, <laughs> yeah, that's no. good. He there was, was not collected
1: by Jimmy Johnson <laughs> no. on the final turn. One of the that was kind of crazy. Did you watch that? I liked it, actually. Yeah, I, I very too. much enjoyed it. And uh, and not just from the circus aspect of the finish, but just uh, it was an interesting, different kind of track to watch. And I'm not a big road course guy like no. Sears Point, Watkins Glen. I don't get super excited about watching, but I thought the Roval on this, in this venue was, was cool. And, and it was good it was, visuals, too,
2: because you could yeah. kind of see a road course... Like, you really can't see a road course.
1: Instead of just, I can only see these four turns yeah. or whatever. Yeah,
2: I thought it was – I mean, I, I I don't know that uh, they need to do more of it. As I mean, I don't think they need to do, like, six of those at different tracks. No, right. Uh, but I think keeping it uh, in Charlotte as the Charlotte Roval, uh and doing that in the fall race, I think that would be fine. And you
1: got the Coke 600, so you yeah. got a little bit of both for everybody here. All right, we have just enough time for our final thing, the random question of the week. Have, right. you, have you prepared a, a random question out of the,
2: the mailbag? I do. Uh, let me – hold on, let me – all right so in the uh, spirit of nicknames uh what do you think your cam newton inspired nickname would be let's give some examples of what he has to give so uh for instance um i'm trying to think of some of the ones today so um he's got some of his. i'd be chilling
1: was one yeah i'd be chilling
2: was one uh fun 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 for fun 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 fun
1: fun fun just you know for me it would probably be Old White Guy, but <laughs> another one might be because he does, like, rap music. It could be, like, a Jay-Z playoff of yeah. some kind. So, you know, something a Jay-Z Swizzle, something really exciting Yeah, like Jay-Z that. Swizzle. Yeah, I like something that. something like that. Uh, what would Cam come up with for Pacheco?
2: Uh, I'm going to steal one from—this uh, was, like, an alternate nickname from my youth, but uh, El Chico. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like that. Yeah. We should use that. Yeah. <laughs> Jay Sizzle and El Chico. That's
1: more fun for the uh, the podcast. El Chico, I like that. Who's that? Yeah, refer- was I dun, dun, like you Manny Pacquiao. I didn't know what to call you, but yeah, Mike Mike Pachico is El Chico. I like that. I can see him going like cheeks or something on. Yeah, you, something well, cheeks like was uh, yeah. well,
2: cheeks is uh, my my nickname from
1: youth. Mine's so boring because it's always like Zoki's like f- five letters beginning. With it's four letters. Zoke. <laughs> and so How do you spell Zoke? I always. I spell it Z O K E like when yeah. I send it to people that like Eugene always calls me Zoke. I always spell it that way, but some people will spell it, which is interesting, S Z O K. Yeah, which is that'd be more of Zock, wouldn't? It? <laughs> so I've never spelled it that way. So one of the salespeople at the radio station this week, Becky goes, uh, somebody said Jim the other day, and she said I stopped for a minute, I couldn't think that we had a Jim. Yeah, she goes, I just know you as Zoke or Zoki. Right, right. So it's like, yeah, I know. It's like almost like. It's my middle name or not used last name to be called Jim.
2: So especially in college, uh, I was called Cheeks so much that there were times where I'd be introduced to people, you know, and then hey, it's Cheeks. So, hey, what's going on? And then somebody like would turn around like they were like looking for me but couldn't see me, but I could hear it. And it was like, hey, where's Mike? And they're like, who's Mike?
1: Years ago when Paul Tagliabue was a commissioner and Charlie Dayton was our PR guy, of course, for many years here. And uh, Commissioner Tagliabue came into the booth with Charlie Dayton and he introduced everybody. And I think, uh, I'm pretty sure this is this long ago, it was Bill Rosinski. like, Commissioner, this is Bill Rosinski. This is Eugene Robinson. This is Jim Zoki, And Boomer, who does the in-house PA here (laughs) and does uh, traffic on WBT with Hancock during the week, was in there too. And Charlie, not knowing his name, said, and this is Boomer. (laughs)
2: But everybody which knows is, Boomer. it's Boomer yeah. von Cannon. Yeah, Boomer von Cannon. But yeah. It was
1: just like, and this is Boomer. Yeah. So that was just like the Commissioner, Boomer. This is Boomer, Boomer Commissioner. <laughs> of course, Boomer being Boomer said, "All right, Commissioner. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good to hey see buddy. you, buddy. All right. Great yeah.
0: day. Yeah. Good to see you. Yeah. How absolutely. about my Seminoles? Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I can't do a good Boomer impersonation because nobody can replicate those pipes. No, it takes a lot of yeah.
1: energy and uh, and enthusiasm, which is all genuine. So, all right, we'll see what happens with the Giants this week. Yeah. And we will have another uh, podcast next week coming out of that game, getting ready for the uh, the road game at Washington coming up.
2: Yep, and uh, three quick things I'm going to be uh, looking for during the game. Obviously, want to see Saquon Barkley. I think, yeah, uh, think everybody wants to see how, how he's doing. Eli Manning is Eli Manning going to be the Eli Manning of old, or is he going to be the Eli Manning of more recent and times? Will he at
1: some point make an Eli Manning face at some point during the game? Well,
2: and will it come after he's thrown like two Eli Manning interceptions,
1: yeah, or Julius Peppers lands on yeah. him or something?
2: And then the last thing is, uh, I don't know, why I'm going off all offense today, but uh, Odell Beckham, you know, what uh, what uh, wrinkles are? Is he going to present? You know, and now with Eric Reed uh, in the in the secondary for the Panthers, uh, will the Panthers get. Good uh, pressure up front against the Giants and force some turnovers. I think those are all things we'll be looking for. And Mike Shula is
1: their offensive coordinator, but it's kind of more like a quarterback's coach because Pat Shermer is actually right. doing the play calling. Right. So while he's on staff there, he doesn't have the same responsibilities he had here. What's the over-under on how many
2: times, if Dave Gettleman is here, he calls somebody kid? Kiddo. Hey kid. kid and kiddo. Hey kid. No kid. It's
1: great to be in your 50s and still be called kid, though. Yeah, so I'll, yeah, take, well, I'll take it. Yeah. And it sounds like his health is improving, yes. so he's yes. going to travel to this I, game yeah. and will be here. Yeah. So. We look forward to that. Hopefully a Panthers win, yeah. unfortunately for Dave, but hopefully for us that we'll get a win. So hopefully we'll see us at 10 o'clock pregame and then uh, join uh, Brett and Mike after the game on the postgame show, and we'll talk with you all next
0: time. Monday, it's a new episode of All Rise.